Hi everybody, Sophia here from The Prenatal Snog, which is the online sanctuary helping women to have calm and confident births. And I'm over the moon to be joined today by Eileen, who is the fairy sleep mother. Hello. Hi, how are you doing? Oh, I'm fabulous, thank you. And I'm so much happier to be talking to you because I know that you are the answer to prayers all over the world when <laughs> it comes to these crying babies and the sleepless nights. So Eileen, thank you for being here. And I have lots and lots of great questions, particularly because obviously I work with a lot of pregnant women. But how did you get into, into what you do? What's your kind of your backstory to why this is your passion? So really, I was suffering what families would come to me for help with, and that's what's kind of led me here. So my, I've got four-year-old twin boys, and they didn't sleep. So we ended up reaching out for independent um, support and advice from a sleep specialist, and it totally changed our lives. We went from being... Um, feeling like we had no confidence, feeling like we had tried everything, that nothing was working. Uh, we spoke to, you know, the GP, the health visitor, and it was just really difficult to get any kind of concrete advice. Um, so by the time the boys were 18 months, we were at our wits end. So that's, that's when we got help ourselves. Things completely transformed. And I, they, from that point, decided to resign from my permanent position in teaching to pursue some training in sleep so that I could help other exhausted families because it is a massive, massive issue for loads of families. Um, and I wanted to, to make a difference and, and help other, other families that were going through what we went through because it was horrendous, awful. And so often at that point, you know, when you're already exhausted, when you're dealing with a, a newborn or even a baby at the, the kind of four month mark, the exhaustion just takes over to the point that nothing seems to make sense. Everything gets kind of met with an emotional response. And you'll have people saying to you, oh, welcome to parenthood, welcome to motherhood, to fatherhood. You just have to get on with it. But unless you've lived through it yourself, you really can't appreciate just how much of a huge effect that lack of sleep can have on your whole family life. Absolutely. It is so difficult, to, especially in the middle of the night when you're trying to recharge and get some rest yourself. And then that sleep is disturbed by your child who is crying and you sometimes genuinely don't know what it is that they need because if they've just not long had a feed or, you know, you know, they've had their wind up or, you know, they've had their meds for their reflux or whatever's happening. And you're like, you know, what, what, what should we do? It is really difficult when you're sleep deprived, trying to work out the best way forward. It is. It's very, very difficult. Now, from experience, and particularly when I look on social media, nothing quite divides parents like sleep for babies and baby weaning. So huge, huge levels of debate always going on. Should babies be left to cry out? If your baby's crying, do you just go and walk off to another room and leave them? Now, I know that what you do is a lot more loving than, than any of those things. What kind of support can you offer to people who are struggling with baby sleep? So I try to make the service as accessible as possible so that families um, have different options in working with me. Some families are just looking for some information um, and some specific advice around what to do and what changes to make so I can do that in a personalised plan. Other families 
need more guidance and a bit more hand-holding so I am available to work with families on a one-to-one -one basis and guide them through the process so we map out what we need to do what we need to change and then I work closely with them over a period of either two or four weeks and um, to support them as they're making those changes and you know more often than not situations will come up that we've maybe not preempted or predicted so it means I can be there and that I can offer that peace of mind that you know what it's okay it's just a bump in the road this is how we're going to handle that so they never reach a point where they think all right well we're doing really well but now we don't know what to do um, and then that's the kind of end of it so but yeah the, the cry out method is um yeah it's it's always a bit of a talking point and it's not something that any research that I've ever come across has shown has been healthy for children in terms of learning how to sleep and um, being more independent with with sleep so it's not something that I work with um so yeah it's it's always a bit of a, a bit of a hot topic and that level of support that you're offering people I mean that is so much more than yes at the end they will have a, a baby who has a, a much better sleep routine and they will start to feel better but just knowing that there's somebody that they can also go to who is working from you know an evidence base you're not just going oh well I did this and every kind of social media group I ever go into somebody cites problem and then there will be 9,000 comments of lots of different ideas about what those people did but everybody seems to forget that this mum or this dad's with this baby, there's two different things, where they live, how they live, something different, what they've been doing during the day, something different. And what you're offering is not this one size fits all, oh, this is what a baby should be doing at this point. Mm -hmm. It is very much who that household, how that household is, and then how to tailor it for the baby, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And I think that's where the, the programs that I offer are all completely personalised. So like you say, we don't we don't do that one size fits all. I look at the individual circumstances with each family that comes to me for, for advice to make sure that the advice that I can then offer them is going to be accurate and reliable so that they can achieve that change that they're that they're looking for. And that ongoing support is what makes it effective because you have that peace of mind. Um, and you have that that support and that kind of one port of contact that you can have instead of going on to Google and reading one article that says something and then something else says something else and then you see something else in a Facebook group and then your mum tells you something else and your sister tells you something else and you're like, ah, it's really overwhelming. So it must be quite similar for you in the snug with that too because you're very much involved in the kind of support aspect and the guidance for expectant parents who like don't have a clue who don't know what to expect and you know it can be really overwhelming at that stage as well absolutely and I think you and I probably both fall prey to the same kind of thing where people will say I tried to sleep train my baby it didn't work and somebody will say to me I had a friend who did hypnobirthing it didn't work for them or this didn't work for them and actually again everything is so specific to the person that you're working with and the more deeply that people kind of um, show you who they are and the experiences the, the problems that they're experiencing the more that you can tailor that to be able to help them Definitely. That does make a really big difference, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. So with a, a newborn, what kind of things can parents be expecting? Because I, from experience with my hypnobirthing mums, they'll come to show me the new baby within a few days and I'll be walking around and the baby will be signed asleep. And all day long, they're like, 
my baby just sleeps. And so I don't know how much research has been done into this, but we often come back to the belief that if mum has had a, a calm pregnancy, if mum has had a, a calm and confident birth, one that she's happy with, often the baby has had a much smoother kind of transition into the world and therefore they, they sleep more or they sleep better, they have a, a better routine. But I don't think there's been any evidence into, to show that one way or the other. But from your experience and from your experience in in your professional experience, what can the parents of newborns expect? What should they be hoping for at the very least in the, the first few weeks or days and weeks? Let's come right back to days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's actually, it's really interesting. And I think the most important thing that new parents should know is that in spite of the fact that regardless of, of how you deliver, um, how long it's taken you to birth your baby, if you've had a section, if you've delivered naturally, if you've needed help or whatever, your baby is born and doesn't know how to sleep. It is a learned skill. So babies are born and they do sleep and people think, oh, you know, that, that's quite easy. You just give them some milk and then they, they go to sleep. And you give them some more milk and then they go back to sleep. And then, you know, that's how it works. But when they get a little bit older and, and things start to shift, it becomes more obvious that actually the help that you're giving in order for them to get to sleep, whether it's by feeding to sleep, rocking to sleep, holding to sleep and having that physical contact, whether you're breastfeeding, whether you're formula feeding, whether you're combi feeding, um, whether you know mum is exclusively breastfeeding and doing all the work or whether dad's kind of putting in a team effort um, your baby doesn't know how to sleep so that is a skill that at some point they need to learn um, so I think it, it becomes a bit of a shock when some families initially have this you know this beautiful bundle of joy that is no hassle that seems to be really content sleeps easily manages to get a few hours in at the night so you know there's not too much sleep deprivation, there's not too much stress. And then a couple of months down the line, like the wheels start to fall off and then baby's awake and then the, the rocking and the holding, the feeding isn't working and all the old stuff stops working. That is a sign that baby is actually at a point where they're ready to learn and they need a little bit more space and guidance around how to do it themselves rather than you having to be part of the process each time. Um, so, so yeah, that's the first thing that I would that I would say that all expectant or new parents need to know is that sleep is in fact a learned skill. Um, and then the other thing that I would recommend is being aware that things will just be really unpredictable in the first three to four months because babies are too little until they get to the four month stage to do formal sleep training and to learn um, effectively how to sleep and to establish that self-settling skill so I usually say in the first four months do all the bad stuff do the feeding to sleep the holding to sleep the rocking to sleep the motion sleep uh, you know do it all and soak it all in because when we get past the four month stage the four month regression creeps in I think at that stage it's really common for for families to feel like there's a big shift in sleep and that they maybe don't really know how to navigate that and because it becomes quite challenging so from that point it does tend to be a bit a bit more difficult so enjoy all the nice bits first early on things are quite unpredictable so just let them sleep and just you know follow their lead and then from about four months look to be a bit more informed about what their sleep needs look like and how to optimize those yeah. So from your experience, even if a baby is kind of having really long naps during the day and then not sleeping so much at night time in those early days, 
that's still okay just to to go along with support your baby be there and recognize that this is not going to be forever you know you hear these parents who say they they co-sleep with their children oh making a rod for your own back you'll have your baby in your bed when they're 19 years old and you're like I don't think that's ever happened but I have recently seen parents come back and say you know my 15 year old son got dumped by his girlfriend last week and he came and he curled up next to me in bed and he could talk to me because he felt that they had that bond and that closeness to be able to do it. And that's a very beautiful thing. But in those first days, is it really just a matter of just, just go with it and don't try to enforce? Your baby is not being bad by sleeping in the day and being awake at night. They're not like, let's wind up mum and dad now. Yeah, no, exactly. No, I think you're right. I think families tend to put quite a lot of pressure on themselves. And especially if there's people around them who have babies who are sleeping. So you start to think like, what am I doing wrong? Or what's what's wrong with my child when they're not sleeping, when it's not the case at all. And because feeding does kind of take priority at that early point, because they do just need to feed so frequently that you can't really sleep for any length of time because they have to feed every few hours and um, so you know feeding does come first in that in that first few months and then whatever happens sleep wise after that you know they'll sleep once they're full and once they're fed and once those feeding needs are met so you need to kind of work with a realistic balance of the two um and then sleep kind of comes in a little bit a little bit later when you can do a bit more work and, and they can be a bit more independent but in those initial months they definitely need all of that help and all of that input and in, in getting to sleep until they're at a point where they're where they're ready. So that's great if you're the baby. <laughs> You've got mum and dad or a big brother, or big sister, whoever's there nursing you, looking after you, supporting you, rocking you, singing to you, doing all these lovely things, white noise. How do you get through it as a parent? So just being as organised as you can, being aware of the the rough feeding points. So like if you're on a feeding schedule where you know that baby's going to need to be fed every kind of two to three hours, uh, making sure that, that that you're prepared for that. And you will get into a rhythm with that and the sleep will kind of follow naturally from the, the feeding routine. Um, and, and yeah, just taking it in turns, sharing the load. Uh, making sure that, that everybody's kind of involved in the process so that somebody somewhere can get a break. Um, I mean, some some babies are able to sleep through the night, you know, like from three or four months without any milk. And then other babies are like awake 10 times in the night looking for milk at various points. So habits are, are different. They form in different ways. And you just kind of have to have to roll with it and just get through as best you can. Just take the rest whenever you can. I know when I was teaching in-person baby massage classes and mum and baby yoga, I would have parents come to me whose babies had been great sleepers and then they would hit that kind of four-month sleep progression and they'd be like, I don't know who this baby is. Like They're just starting to act completely differently and, and mum would just be so exhausted. But one of them who had consistently introduced um, baby massage as part of the routine. Now, I think it's really important to say with a routine as well that a routine isn't something that you have to use a strict on your baby. You're not trying to make your baby do this routine. But when you create a routine around your baby and how you are parenting them, that can make a really big difference. So for this mum, 
every single day. It was her first baby, so she had the, the luxury of not other ones kind of running around or crawling around to look after. But the first thing that she would do as part of the routine was start to read stories about kind of five o'clock, even when her baby was tiny, just so that she as a mum was also getting into that relaxed stage, not into the, oh, she's not going to go down or what's going to happen. So she would start going through stories with her, her daughter. Then she would give her a lovely bath and then she would give her a massage and the massage wouldn't be long, maybe just 10 minutes or so. And then she would put her into her cot and then just stay with her for a little while and then come down. And she's like, it, she was as much saying she wasn't, yes, she was doing it for her daughter, but she was really also doing it for her because she just had that really lovely calm time at the end of the day. And instead of getting into the the freak out stage of, oh, please just, when I put you down, please just go to sleep. I just need five minutes back. She just gave herself as much of that love and TLC because let's face it, when you're doing baby massage, when you're sitting down reading stories, you're really relaxing yourself as a parent as well, aren't you? Yeah, and that's why it is really important as part of the kind of wind down process within a routine um, around sleep uh, to, to have things like that. So that you're, you're helping again, they do need that help up until a certain point. So yeah. it's really great to have these things included in, in a routine. And um, and as we were saying a little bit earlier, sometimes there can be quite a lot of pressure around routine and and, and sticking to them strictly. And, uh, you know, it can be quite difficult. It's a job in itself thinking, right, well, this is what we're going to do at this time. And then this happens next, then this happens next. And, um, you know, I think there should be... Um, there should be some knowledge around the fact that routines are really helpful for, for babies and for children because it helps them to feel safe. It helps them to feel like they know what's coming next. Um, so ahead of sleep, it does help to calm them down and to chill mm -hmm. them out and to wind them down so that they know, right, you know, the next step after the massage and after the story, like we go into bed, we go into our cot and then that's it so that they're familiar with that and they know that's, you know, that's the process. So, um, yeah. I guess the funny thing there as well is that from experience, most of the, the women that I work with, they tend to have, if they are in employment, they tend to stay in employment almost right up until they need to, to leave to have their baby. Mm -hmm. So their baby, as a, you know, when their, their baby is still within the womb, is already in quite a routine. You know, mum's getting up roughly the same time of day. The length of journey to work is probably roughly the same. The kind of voices, the signs that they hear around roughly the same. Lunch break happens roughly here. Then they hear these signs. Then it's home. Then maybe they're watching the same kind of programs. They're hearing partner or, or dad's voice or the dog barking. All these different things that are part of a routine. And then as soon as the baby is born, mum's routine has gone. And of course, baby has no routine because baby hasn't been here. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a massive, massive adjustment. And as you and I were just saying, just before we started to um, we started to record, babies for in the main, when they're waking up in the nighttime and they're they're hungry or they're they're needing some comfort, it's the first time that they have experienced hunger alone because when they're within you they're just getting everything that they need through the placenta from the umbilical cord that they don't need anything else everything is met and then suddenly here they are with needs that probably take them as much by surprise as anybody else exactly yeah and then there's all the the feeding challenges as well that can that can yeah. come you know with with babies as they're as they're born and having to learn how to breastfeed or, you know, having to navigate all the allergies that seem to be really common now as well, milk allergies. And 
Um, tongue tie seems to cause a lot of issues with feeding and, and that impacts routine and the ability to, to be able to sleep because babies can't sleep if they're hungry and they can't feed if their tongue's tied. So, you know, it does all kind of link in. Um, so, yeah, there's there's a lot, a lot to think about and a lot to navigate. It's, um, yeah, it's a minefield. So the overall advice for new parents, brand new parents, is be kind to yourself. Just roll with what you can, create as much routine as you can, learn a little bit along the way about what seems to be working, but recognize that what works today might not work tomorrow, what worked 10 minutes ago might not work in another 25 minutes. And then when you reach the point where they're more around the four month mark, and they are trainable and you can really support them to get into a, a better routine if they are not sleeping at that point and it is having a big impact on the family that's the point the best point to kind of get in touch with you and say right Eileen come and help us we need you <laughs> definitely definitely and I think this is probably quite similar to how you operate in the snag and, and how things are with you I always say that knowledge is power so even if you can't actively do something or implement something or you can't say right well if you do that that'll fix that yeah. but you can go well actually this is what they need right now like this is some information around what what the realistic expectation is for sleep at this stage you know that yes they're not four months yet but here's some guidance around you know how to navigate avoiding motion sleep all the time or how to use a stepping stone method so that yeah we're not officially sleep training but there's there is some work that you can do ahead of you know being more formally sleep training and um, so just helping parents to feel confident that they know what's coming and they know what to expect because that will help them to feel like right well do you know what they're not sleeping all night and we know that they weren't going to sleep all night so that's okay we're not going to punish ourselves now because we knew that that was going to happen so it must be the same on the pregnancy journey as well um, and I think I feel even though I've got my boys my my third is due in November and I feel like that now I feel like it's I'm happening it's happening to me for the first time and I'm like oh my god I've got to I've got to think about delivery and when I get bigger and everything that's happening to my body and there's so much to think about so yeah I, I want to be as informed as I can I want all the information I want to be prepared I want to be ready I want to be informed so that if and when that kind of sleep deprived stage does come where you're up several times in the night your sleep's disrupted with feeding that I can be like right you know that's all right I'm going to do that or yeah. I knew that was going to happen that's okay I can deal with that it's important for for expecting and new families to feel prepared and organized so I think having that level of patience as well, you know, I take the, the knowledge as power and add a little bit to it, which is knowledge as potential power, because you can have the knowledge, but if you don't put it into practice, it does nothing. And I'm sure you've probably had mums come back to you and say, oh, you know, I tried that sleep thing for a couple of days, it didn't work. So we just decided not to do it anymore. And it's the same with the, the breathing techniques and the mindset strategies. Oh, I tried that once, it didn't work. Oh, I've practiced the, the breathing for labor and now I know how to do it. <laughs> Actually, it's the knowledge is a tiny part. It's the practice and the preparation because that physically reconditions your body, reconditions your mind. And when you come to need it, you automatically drop into it as opposed to thinking, oh, what's that breathing technique I mastered back in June this year? Yeah. <laughs> you want to be able to do it. And the same with sleep. You, you know, you can be the, the kind of overnight cure, but it won't happen overnight. Exactly. It's a training. You know, it is a work in progress and it all comes with doing things consistently with everything that I do. And I'm sure with everything that you do as well, consistency is 
is key. And if you aren't consistent with doing with having these practices as part of your everyday life, then you know you get out of the way of doing them. They don't become part of the routine or part of your day, and you know th things will change. And and it's difficult to 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 have that that long term change if you're not focusing on it um, and involving that in your everyday life. So. Sleep training for adults, it's the way forward. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. I know I get, I get asked quite often actually about um, if if I work with adults for, for adult sleep, but it's something that I need to look into. Um, and I haven't looked into it briefly before, but yeah, I'm definitely interested in, in adult sleep. Oh, I can guarantee if, if somebody read me a story for half an hour, gave me a massage, a warm bath and tucked me up in bed, I'd be like, oh. And that would be <laughs> I just go out for the count every single night. It would be amazing. Um, Eileen, anything else that you want to, to add or share? Any last minute pearls of wisdom? I don't think so. I think, um, again, just reinforcing that um, if expectant parents feel like they are in a place where I am right now, where I just want all the information. I just want to soak it all in. I want to know about reflux. I want to know about labour. I want to know about all different kinds of deliveries. I want to know about sleep I want to know about everything so that I'm in a really good place and I feel like I'm ready I want to be ready this time um I was caught off guard with my twins last time it was quite overwhelming so if parents are feeling like that then it is really good to reach out to find reliable sources of information just stick with one source so the snag is great and it offers loads of different resources you are there offering you know professional support and guidance and it's the same with things like sleep or reflux I know there's people out there that offer specialist um, training and, and um, information around lots of different topics to do with children. So make sure that you are getting your information from a, a reliable source and, you know, and sticking with that and that will stop, stop the overwhelm. Thank you. And the good news is I have a baby reflux specialist as one of my interviewees coming up soon. Yeah. So I'll be looking forward to sharing that. And what I see more often than not with that is everybody asking, what's the best baby medication? And yet so much of reflux is, is more to do with uh, an underdeveloped digestive system that can also take time. And that's where baby massage, again, can really support with that. So, yeah, baby reflux specialist coming up soon so that I can share a lot of juicy information with you. And Eileen, where can people get hold of you? Where can they find you? I'll obviously tag some links down below, but tell us. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. So I am online. I have a website that's got loads of information around my services and a little bit about me and my background, um, and some some family reviews as well of um, of families that I've worked with recently. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram, and I'm on email. So all the information should be should be online. Perfect. And anyone who's looking for more information about the prenatal snug, and we're so happy to have Eileen in there. I'm sure you're going to be questioned all the time now that everybody uh, everybody knows what you do as well so if you'd like any more information about the prenatal snug you can find me at facebook.com the prenatal snug and online sophiahanson.com forward slash services Eileen thank you so so much it just it fills me with joy to think that there's parents everywhere going ah that's one less thing to do in the first few months just be kind to myself be there for my baby and take it as it comes yeah <laughs> Perfect. Thank you so much. Thank Talk you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye.